You're listening to Truly Criminal, the home of true crime. To see the video version of this case, including the footage and photos, you can find us on YouTube. Just search for Truly Criminal. Nineteen-year-old Mia Marcano was born in Pembroke Pines, Florida, to parents Marlon and Ema, and she had a little brother, Marlon Jr., who she called Munchie. Her mother and father had separated when she was young, but they all remained close, and Mia and Marlon Jr. got on really well with their stepmom Giselle, too. Mia was described as ambitious and adventurous, a loyal and protective person, especially when it came to her brother. Her family said she had a great energy that people just gravitated towards. When it came time to finalising her plans after high school, staying in Florida was a must. She loved her life there and decided on the University of Central Florida before moving and settling into Valencia College to pursue an associate degree in arts. She later wanted to train in either sports medicine or physiotherapy. The creative arts was always a big love for her, fashion and design as well, and she was a frequent fixture in the local carnivals. Again, the Sunshine State was a great place for all things festivals, fairs, food and fun. The perfect home for Mia. While studying, she was staying at the Arden Villas apartment complex, with the vast majority of people living there being fellow students. And when she managed to get a job at the complex too, helping to lease these apartments, it was a win-win. Something she didn't have to travel for and was easy to do around her studies. She was only an hour's flight away from her family and would often jet back to catch up, never going long without seeing them. On the 24th of September 2021, Mia was set to grab a flight home for the weekend. But when she didn't send a text to say that she had arrived at the airport or was boarding her flight, alarm bells rang. It was such a natural thing for most people to do, and Mia was always in communication with her family. It was now hours later and long past the time she was due in but she never got off the plane. When it got to around 9.30 on that Friday night, her family could no longer rationalise her not answering her phone. They reported it to the police and requested that a welfare check be carried out. Orange County Sheriff's Office, this line has been recorded. This is Operator Winstead. How may I help you? Hi, I'm calling to find out if I can have a wellness check. Deputy Samir Paulino went over to Arden Villas, arriving at 10.02pm, but no one was there. He noted that nothing on the outside looked out of the ordinary, and nothing stood out to him as being wrong. He waited for her roommate and eventually got in. They knocked on Mia's bedroom, but there was still no answer, and when they tried to force the door, it was obvious it was locked from the inside. The deputy then checked through her window and saw a small bookcase against her door, He finally managed to open the window and get in. Her room painted a troubling picture. Everything was a mess. And red stains covered the pillows. Her bedding was everywhere and her luggage ready to go with her to the airport was sat by her desk. Her father Marlon had put his own locks on her windows for extra safety, but these had been broken off. Some of her jewellery was also broken with no indication at all as to where she was, there was a lot to go over. Despite how concerning the inside of the apartment looked, Deputy Paulino discussed the case with his supervisor, Corporal Dale, 
but neither of them notified the Criminal Investigations Division. Paulino also left the scene to respond to other calls, without informing anyone about the evidence of a potential crime he found inside the apartment. Her roommate was upset and concerned, and was quick to give the police a name. Mia had recently been getting some unwanted attention from a maintenance worker in the complex. He had become more and more persistent, and as a result, things were very uncomfortable for Mia. This man was 27-year-old Armando Caballero, and he had been working at the apartment complex since June of that year. More people backed what her roommate was saying and said they had seen this happening too. By the sounds of it, Armando was obsessed with the 19-year-old and was constantly finding ways to talk to her and ask her out. She had rejected him so many times and was now bordering on being a bit scared about it all. He even sent her $700 via Cash App for, quote, being pretty. She sent the money straight back, but didn't really know what to do anymore other than try and ignore him. Other women at the complex had had their own issues with Armando, and the police were suddenly receiving a lot of the same information about him. Another woman living at the Sabal Club Apartments later told investigators that he had written her a note asking her for a date back in March 2021. She wasn't sure but had agreed to go anyway, but when he asked to hang out sooner, she said she couldn't, and he was not happy. After this, a weight was thrown at her window in the middle of the night. She said given the way he had been behaving, she felt sure it was him and called the police. They logged it and made some searches, but eventually the case was dropped, and he was not charged. Just a couple of months later, Armando was working at Arden Villas. As Mia's family arrived at around 3am to help with the search, they pointed out several things to Deputy Paulino that they were worried weren't standing out to him. One of them was a yellow box cutter under the bed, and her childhood teddy bear, which her family said she would take with her on every trip, no matter how short it might be, was there too. An hour later at 4am, a familiar face arrived in front of Mia's apartment with his roommate, Armando himself. It was now close to 5am. Armando was off work and had no reason to be turning up there. Mia's family had heard enough about him to know exactly who he was. The fact he was there with no need to be was very unsettling for them. Why was he inserting himself into this? Detectives asked him if he knew what was going on, and he replied that he was on the phone with a co-worker, Tatiana, who had allegedly informed him that Mia was missing, which was why he was there. No one knows Tati. That's my whole thing. Not Tati even the roommate knows Tati. Here, She's an employee, but you keep saying Tati is a friend and that you've all hung out together. No one here knows Tati. All her well, other friends all showed up. Her closest people. friends that live in the complex were all here with us early on. No one knows Tati. Only you. Mia's family knew there was more to this especially given everything that they had heard from Mia and they wanted answers. He denied all their allegations, however. He told the officers that he hadn't seen her around the complex before she went missing. It was hours beforehand and he didn't have anything else to offer. As of right now, you have sent obsessive texts to Mia. 
We have all seen the text. You talked about giving her your life savings. You cash out her money and you claim who that you weren't in who touch. Told her gave it's her on life text. Savings. I never As said a matter of fact, we're going to get a police report to pull your phone records if that's the case. There's evidence of, of obsession. Of some, you're fascinated with it's me. It's not only from my side, so don't try to make this. No one, like no one's saying that. It takes she's so, not here to defend herself right now, so she's missing. You. So we're talking to and you I, who've been going back and forth that. on text. That, right, that so is cool. your family. Right. But until we figure out what's going on, just don't beat me up. Nobody's beating you up. I'm guilty, why you, would you I put yourself here? in the middle right here. You brought yourself over here. Because we're concerned. You're concerned. Why weren't you concerned hours ago? I just found out. We didn't think it was serious. I don't even know how to talk to you. Somebody's missing me. and you don't think it's serious. Someone maybe that. they hanging out. Uh, they got this place right here. They go downtown. I don't know. Maybe her phone's off. I don't know what she did. Detectives didn't feel they really had any reason to talk to him further, let alone arrest him. And with this, Armando left the complex. A background check showed he was a convicted felon, having been convicted in 2017 of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Back in 2013, he was arrested for using a destructive device resulting in property damage and discharging a weapon on school property. Polk County Sheriff's deputies were called to the campus of Warner University after a report of a bomb going off inside a dorm. The report said that Armando had admitted to using the improvised explosive as a prank on other residents in the dorm. Fortunately, no one was injured. The security guard that worked on the complex managed to lift fingerprints from Mia's window using tape, but Deputy Paulino did not take them, saying that it wasn't a high-priority case and that he could keep the tape. The same guard had also noticed a screwdriver and cell phone case in the back seat of Armando's car, but with no warrant, they couldn't open it and search. Orange County Sheriff John Mina said, there is not enough there in that video or happened that night to establish an arrest or that this person has to be detained. A different deputy was soon notified about Mia's case and went to the apartment at the request of her aunt. He was very troubled by what he was seeing and hearing and notified a missing persons detective immediately and a formal investigation was quickly launched. It was now September 25th, 8.47am. Investigators got a call from Mia's family saying they needed to head to Armando's apartment. Still bothered by him and convinced he knew more, they had started their own covert surveillance and had been watching him from their car. In his front, the passenger side. They saw him come outside with a glove, a backpack and a pink blanket. A blanket they knew they recognised. A blank, the blanket. Oh my God, that is my blanket. When police got there, Armando gave Mia's family permission to come into the apartment with the police watching on so they could take a look around but nothing could be touched or moved and authorities could only watch as they didn't have a proper search warrant. At 3pm hours later, Armando left his apartment and just an hour and a half after that, police confirmed he was now indeed a suspect in the disappearance of Mia Marcano. Authorities were trying to get hold of a proper search warrant that would finally be approved just over 24 hours after Mia went missing. At 9.35pm that same night, Armando sent a text message. After this, to everyone's surprise, 
he too would vanish. Was it possible that Mia was being held somewhere against her will and he had gone to meet her or move her, maybe even go on the run? Police just didn't know. It's been three long days since anyone has heard from Mia Marcano. Mia, baby girl, if you can hear me, if you're seeing me, we're here. A desperate plea to bring 19-year-old Mia Marcano home, her family hopeful that she's alive and okay. I believe Armando may have given us a sign that Mia's in the area. It's just what I feel personally in my heart. Her family, some even coming in town from South Florida joining volunteers Tuesday in the search for Mia. And her father, speaking with Local 10 today, says he's beyond worried. The relationship that we have, is, it's like we communicate hundreds of times in, in one day, and to not be able to hear from her or know where she is, it's like really, really, really breaking my heart right now. This is unusual for her. Very unusual, yes. Hundreds of volunteers were now joining in the search, and miles and miles of area were being combed through. But there was still no trace of Mia anywhere. Analysis of Mia's unit showed that at 2.14pm, just three hours before she was last seen, a master key had buzzed into her unit, but this was not her key. This fob was linked to none other than Armando. More checks showed that he had accessed her apartment again at 4.34pm, Mia then buzzed into her unit to grab her bag and dash to the airport, a trip they knew she never made. This appeared to conclude that Armando was in Mia's apartment and waiting for her when she arrived home. And at 5.52pm, Armando's vehicle was picked up leaving Arden Villas. The final and eerie image of her walking into her apartment that afternoon was now deeply unsettling, given what police now knew she walked into. Her mom said she would scream at the picture, willing her to not go in, and wishing that something could have distracted her or made her turn around. On September 27th, police had enough to arrest Armando on suspected burglary charges. They now knew there was more to this, but they just didn't have enough yet to make that charge. But before the arrest could take place... An unexpected call would be made, one that would shock everyone and change the course of everything. What do you need police fire? Medical? Um, we found a suicide um, on property. Okay. And is there a unit, or is that the unit number 525 where you found him? No, they're in the garage. It's a, it's one of our garages, but okay. we just store paint in there. So, okay. yeah, sorry. All right. Um, he's beyond, I mean, he's deceased. Uh, beyond any help? Um, I believe so. Okay. He's All right. Dead, right? Okay. We'll have an officer over there in a few minutes. You said it was a male? Yes. Okay. See you shortly. Thank you. 27-year-old Armando Caballero had taken his own life. This was all unravelling very quickly, and with Armando now gone, there was a worry that they would never be able to find Mia or reach any kind of conclusion. This is new video of a man Mia Marcano's family believes is her maintenance man, carrying her stuff away the day after she went missing and two days before he turned up dead. 
Dave, this new video we just saw could be a big clue that they've been looking for. It definitely could be. And maybe more clues here inside Arden Villas, which has been the scene of the longest search here throughout the day by law enforcement. And that is still going on right now. The family still hopeful that they'll find her following every potential lead. They have searched several locations, including wooded and swampy areas, and they're not giving up. Today's that day where we got up upset. There hasn't been much crying at this point. We're just ready to bring her home, but we need everyone's help. Just yesterday, Arden Villa's apartments manager sent out a memo talking about proactive measures to enhance their safety protocols, saying they've repositioned a guard to the front gate to document all residents and guests leaving the property. These women saying they haven't seen that yet. I think that the gate stays open for about five cars to go through, so even sometimes I don't, it doesn't even make sense for me to scan my key fob. I'm praying that she's coming home. I have a hope that she's still out there. Fox 35 News did not see a guard at the gate today, but there was a guard present during our live shots last night. The search had to continue, mainly using Armando's phone data, and it was through this that they were able to start getting some answers. At 7.01pm, about two hours after Mia was last seen, Armando had logged a maintenance call, a call for Mia's unit, a call which was quickly determined to be totally fake and had not been requested by Mia or her roommates. At 7.11pm, just ten minutes later, Armando contacted the apartment office staff and asked to be let in at the complex gates. And then, five minutes later, Mia's own key fob was swiped at her unit, but no one entered. They could not say for sure that this was Armando, but they knew it definitely was not Mia. A short time then passed, and then at 7.40pm, Armando left the complex again in his car. More analysis of his phone showed that on the evening Mia went missing, he was near Timberscan, a place he used to live. On that day, he had stayed there for 20 minutes before leaving. There were a lot of abandoned homes and boarded up buildings in the area and residents said it always felt really unsafe and scary. If Armando used to live there, why did he need to go back, and for only 20 minutes? Part of his old apartment complex was now totally derelict, and there was a big wooded area surrounding it. The searches had been huge and covered miles and miles, but they now felt they had a place to focus on. They moved their search efforts over there, and the FBI were now involved too. Family and friends were still praying that she was alive somewhere. Although it wasn't looking good, they still had hope, and were clinging on to everything they could. understand and appreciate uh, that there's been a tremendous amount of interest in this case, both here in, in Central Florida and beyond. So we're talking to you now to kind of balance the intense interest while also maintaining the integrity of this investigation. So we believe that 
the suspect that we had named, Armando Caballero, uh, is responsible. We don't know all the circumstances involved. So at, at this time, we don't believe um, there is another person involved. But remember, I said these, these investigations constantly uh, shift and change. Uh, so we're, you know, we're taking all this information in, and you know, we would never, ever rule that out. But uh, he was the main person that we were focusing on. Saturday, October 2nd, 2021. After a week of searching, an awful discovery was made about 18 miles from Arden Villas in an abandoned part of Timberscan Apartments. They had found a body. At 7.02, a community is in mourning after officials in Orlando say they may have found the body of 19-year-old Mia Marcano. The body was found in Orlando, an overgrown brush amongst trash at a partially abandoned housing development called Timberscan Apartments. Mia's suspected killer, Armando Caballero, lived there once. I do think that he was trying to throw authorities off the trail by, by going all over the place, by going up to New Smyrna Beach, maybe in an effort to, uh, you know, possibly get away with this before he before he took his own life her grandmother said she's found a little peace even with such devastating news i have to say i thank god for bringing her to me because i said before i wouldn't know what life would have been if i've never found her mia was found bound with black duct tape on her hands and feet and her mouth was covered with tape too she was wearing jeans her bra and a robe her bag was located nearby and inside it was the shirt she was last seen wearing and her ID. An autopsy would later confirm that she had died by homicide by undetermined means, but due to decomposition, they couldn't determine anything else. The report also noted no identifiable evidence of trauma and no evidence of sexual assault. And testing from where Armando's body was found would come back too, and it confirmed the presence of Mia's blood and hair. The same black duct tape that was found around Mia's body was also found in his car. They also determined that two marks on his finger were consistent with bite marks, and he had more marks on his body that showed he was involved with a struggle very recently. As quick as everything had happened, it had now suddenly all come to a painful end, but no one had any answers. What happened in her apartment that day will now never ever be known and any chance of closure has been lost forever. Other residents of her apartment complex were horrified, especially as they had been logging safety concerns for ages. What happened to Mia was everyone's worst nightmare, and they all felt let down in a lot of ways. One resident said, It was just creepy, and the fact that maintenance people have access to our apartments, and we just got these key fobs last month. If these key fobs weren't introduced last month, no one would have went into her apartment. If you really think about it, people who are living in apartment complexes are going to sleep at night not knowing that there is someone who has free access to their apartment, the Marcano's lawyer added. On October 15th, Mia was laid to rest in a funeral, which over 2,000 people would turn up for, and thousands of others would tune into the live stream of. Hundreds wearing blue for Mia's favourite colour packed this South Florida church to grieve while celebrating her short yet powerful life. The aftermath of this case was massive and a lot of action was taken in various ways. Two deputies that had worked on the investigation were found to have violated department policies. 
It was determined that Deputy Samir Paulino did not follow proper procedure when he went to investigate the apartment, and he failed to report certain details to his supervisor, such as the blood being found on the pillow, or the jewellery being found broken. Due to these errors, Mia was logged as a voluntary missing person, instead of a missing endangered person, and thus the Criminal Investigations Division was not notified by him or his supervisor. Rick Raymond, a former police officer and now private investigator, said he thinks enough red flags should have been set off when it came to Armando turning up that morning. When you have individuals, multiple individuals, saying that item belongs to a missing individual and it is in this individual's vehicle, to me, that would have told me immediately, I need to look at this guy, Rick said. But Sheriff Mina was quick to respond and said, Remember, that deputy didn't have all the information that we now have a week and a half later, so yes, all that takes time. He did acknowledge that more could have and should have been done, though. In the case of Mia Marcano's disappearance, managers in the responding deputy's chain of command recognised a lack of urgency on his part and asked that his role and the role of his corporal in the first hours of that incident be investigated by a professional standards division. As a result of this incident, we are in the process of making changes to policy that will direct first responding patrol deputies to immediately notify their supervisors and the missing persons unit in any case where someone is considered a missing endangered person. The Sheriff's Office said that Deputy Paulino received a 150-hour unpaid suspension as discipline and his supervisor, Corporal Kenneth Dale, was also found to have violated department policies. He received a 10-hour unpaid suspension as discipline. In March 2022, the police released their final report into Mia's disappearance and death. It was over 100 pages long and listed everything that they had on Armando Caballero and why he was and still is the only suspect in her case. Mia's family launched a wrongful death lawsuit against the apartment complex and another lawsuit against the Orange County Sheriff's Office, claiming the department handled her case carelessly and failed to treat her room as a crime scene. Arden Villas released a statement in response saying, To ensure nothing like this happens again at Arden Villas, we are taking numerous proactive steps to enhance our security protocols. We are in the process of reviewing our entire security apparatus and will make changes or upgrades as warranted. They said that Armando was vetted through a national background check services provider and no records of burglary or sexual assault were found on him. But Mia's family said that the apartment complex hadn't even acknowledged she was missing, hadn't reached out to them, and it took them several days to issue any kind of statement about not only someone that lived there, but someone that was their co-worker and friend too. The family is hoping that by pursuing this lawsuit, they can get answers to the numerous questions that remain unanswered and real change, said the Marcano's attorney, Daryl Washington. He added that Mia's family believes that other people could have aided Armando in killing Mia, and he also criticised the department's handling of Mia's case. The Marcano family say they have not received any reports or records of the investigation by the Sheriff's Office, but Sheriff Mina said the investigation is still ongoing. Many residents started protests about Arden Villas, and open letters were written to them, detailing just how unsafe the complex actually felt, and how many issues there had been, going back to long before Mia went missing. It highlighted a lack of cameras, a lack of security, bad lighting and awful maintenance, and places like the parking lot had not a single camera and was very poorly lit. The lawsuit launched by Mia's family against Arden Villas was eventually settled. In honour of what would have been her 20th birthday, the late teen was honoured in a special way, with her family getting a key to the city of Pembroke Pines. 
her birthday would also be officially named Mia Marcano Day. In June 2022, Mia's law, also known as Senate Bill 898, was signed into law. It states that property owners must conduct a background check of any potential employees. People with a violent criminal history or anyone listed as a sexual offender or sexual predator will not be eligible. And additionally, a log will need to be kept, tracking each unit's set of keys. And if maintenance does need to access a unit, they need to give the tenant a 24-hour notice period instead of the previously required 12 hours. Her family set up the Mia Marcano Foundation and their mission is to support, educate and provide resources to families of missing persons while advocating for the protection of students and the most vulnerable. They often help support in searches for other missing people too and offer support to families going through what they did. They also set up the MMF Safe and Secure Accreditation Program. MMF aims to assist with ensuring the apartment complexes and multi-unit dwellings are as safe as possible and provides professional development for staff. They have made a lot of much-needed changes and are working tirelessly to carry on making those changes. When Mia Marcano booked her flight home to see her family, on September 24th, 2021, it was nothing but a totally standard and normal visit. What happened so quickly over such a short period of time will forever haunt everyone that knew her. There are still so many questions and no one is around to answer them. Her aunt Pia said you can never take time for granted and life really is too short. Talking about Mia in the past, I always thought I had forever, she said. Mia's brother said nothing good that happens to him will ever give him pure happiness. No matter how amazing it is, he's reminded that he can't call his sister to tell her and she can't be there to celebrate with him. Ema, Mia's mum, said, For everyone else, life goes on, but I'm still here trying to figure this puzzle out. Will I ever finish this puzzle? I don't know. I think about her every day, every hour, every minute. She's everywhere. Her presence is everywhere. Every day I look at her pictures, but eventually that's it. There are no more pictures to be made. There are no more memories. Her pictures are going to fade, just like everything else. She'll be forever 19. <laughs> 